Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. On today's episode, we have a very, very, very special guest, the chief guide in Profit First Professionals land, Miss Billy Ann Grigg. Welcome to the podcast, Billy Ann. Thank you, Danielle. I'm really excited to be here. So tell us how you got involved in Profit First and, and, and joined to begin with, and then kind of how you've, you've, you've grown into such an, a role as being the, the chief guide. Yeah. Um, so I started out my Profit First journey as a Profit First professional bookkeeper. So that was all the way back in 2014, which just seems so long ago now. Um, about six years ago, I read the book and it was that light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, this is the missing link. This is the bit of the translation that I've not been able to make from accounting and bookkeeping speak to something my clients understand and and um, can relate to. Um, so, I mean, I did the typical accounting thing. Of, I made a spreadsheet and a cash flow forecast, and I was really good at getting my clients excited about what they were going to do with their cash flow and profitability, but then they would put the spreadsheet away and not do anything with it. So when I read Profit First, I'm like, this solves the problem that small businesses have, and that's managing their cash flow effectively. I'd figured out the bookkeeping piece for them, but the cash flow was still a mystery. So fast forward a few years, and um, Mike and Ron over at Profit First Homebase reached out and said, hey, we need to bring in a technical expert that understands Profit First from the trenches. Would you be interested in joining the team? And I would like to say that I gave it some long, hard thought, but really it was a no-brainer. I just, I knew that I had to do this because of the amount of impact that I could have. I'm, I'm all about helping small businesses succeed. I think every small business should have every opportunity to succeed. And, but I didn't want like a multi-state firm with hundreds of employees. And that was the only way I would be able to impact the number of small businesses that I wanted to 
without becoming a Profit First professional guide. So I said yes right away, and now I'm over there at Profit First Home Base teaching other accountants, bookkeepers, and coaches how to implement Profit First for their clients. Um, I'm also the, the lead technical guide, meaning that I oversee a lot of our technology at Profit First Home Base, bring in new tools to help our members work better, um, and I answer the Ask Mike questions that come in via email. Yes. Um, I mean, you are, I don't know how you do it all. You are super efficient because you do so much and you take just such great care of us as Profit First professional members. And so we are so appreciative of, of you and your dedication. And I do think that this is like the perfect place for you to have the impact that you want without having hundreds of employees. Right. Uh, you know, you mentioned something that I think is I, I, something I, I feel like I have to repeat over and over on the podcast. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up and we can repeat it again. But you mentioned that, you know, your bookkeeper can make a spreadsheet and give it to their clients, you, audience, the small business owner, but the bookkeeper can't make the moves and the decisions that a small business owner has to make. A small business owner doesn't have to do their QuickBooks entries, but they have to own the financials of the company that they own. And so can you talk a little bit about why a bookkeeper can't and what really a business owner has to do in order to own their financials and, and, and ensure their profitability and be doing profit first right, even if they are working with the best profit first professional bookkeeper or accountant or coach in the land? Yeah. Um, when you're in business at all, small business, large business, whatever, when you are the chief officer of your business, whether it's just you or whether it's you and a large company, the buck stops with you. And there are a lot of things that you can delegate, but the financial oversight of your business should not be one of them. The tendency by a lot of business owners, I think, is to delegate by abdication, meaning that when it comes to especially those areas that they're not comfortable with, like financials and finances, they will hire a bookkeeper or an accountant and hand it off and just not think, okay, well, that's taken care of. Now I don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, that's not the way to grow your business. In fact, that's a way to really lose touch of, with your business and set yourself up for some big problems later on. So as much as I would like to say, you know, hire a profit first bookkeeper and you never have to look at your financials again, that's not the truth. In fact, you need to be looking at your financials more than ever before, because now you're going to have the clarity and insight to really make sense of them and use those financials as a uh, guidepost and a steering uh, wheel for your business. What would be a good question or a good expectation of a small business owner to have of their bookkeeper or accountant if they were to, you know, meet meet a new one at a networking event or if they are in the market looking for another bookkeeper or accountant to replace their existing one? I think the most important question to ask is how have you helped your other clients grow their businesses? Um, that's a question that accountants and bookkeepers really want to be asked. And it's not the one that we get asked most often. Accountants get asked, how can you save me money on my taxes? Bookkeepers get asked, how much do you charge? 
um, or can you take care of these administrative tasks in my business too? But really ask, how have you helped your clients grow their businesses? The answer to that will let you know if you're talking to a bookkeeper or accountant that focuses on advisory, or if you're talking to someone who is focused solely on the compliance aspect of accounting and bookkeeping. That's brilliant. How have you helped your clients grow your business? That is the one question that you need to start with when you do engage in conversation. And, you know, of course, if you'd like to work with a profit first professional bookkeeper, accountant, or coach, you can connect with one on our website, profitfirstnation.com, and click on contact. And when you do get connected with one, make sure you ask them that question. That should be your number one question to ask them. So Billy Ann, tell us a little bit about how a bookkeeper can help their client grow their business versus just being a compliance bookkeeper. A bookkeeper is really in touch with the day-to-day, the nitty-gritty of the business. Um, That's something that the accountant's not seeing. So when the accountant reviews the books, whether it's at tax time or for advisory services around other business growth initiatives, they're not getting down into the weeds at the transaction level. And the bookkeeper does that. Even if the business owner is doing some of the categorization of the transactions in the bookkeeping software themselves, um, the bookkeeper is looking at those to make sure that everything is going in the right accounts, to make sure that payee names are on transactions so the 1099s can be issued properly at the end of the year. So your bookkeeper knows the details of your business and they can start pinpointing things that might be duplicates. Um, So, you know, you might have two or three softwares that are doing the same thing. And here's the thing. We all sign up for those free trials and we all forget to cancel them. So you could be paying for things that you don't even know that you're paying with, but your bookkeeper can catch that. And that's just at the expense level. At the income level, if you bill your customers for payment later, your bookkeeper can look and see, hey, you have a certain segment of customer that's slow to pay. What can you start doing to encourage these customers to pay their invoices faster, which speeds up your cash flow? Or is there a segment of customer that maybe you shouldn't be working with at all for whatever reason? They're low profit margin or they're not paying well or what have you. Maybe you should set aside that segment of your business and focus on a different segment of your business. So it's really that that kind of nitty gritty detail thing that can get overlooked at that high level that most uh, business owners look at and most accountants look at that the bookkeeper can see and really shed light on. And, you know, I mean, like with our controller who closes the books on one of our entities, I mean, we've worked with her forever. She, um, she went through the Profit First certification, so she knows everything. But I even last month just kind of felt something was a little bit different. So I challenged her and I said, hey, you know, I, I, need, I need something more here. Can you give me some bit of what would you do if you were me um, with regards to our balance sheet? And I mean, it took her half a second to reply, but she needed to be reminded by me, the client, that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm paying you to be a little bit more of an advisory role. And she replied back immediately that, you know, she would have, she would recommend posting. And I I kind of was a little bit frustrated because I thought, well, why am I having to ask this? But you know what? It's a two-way street and we all need to take responsibility. But 
as Billy Ann mentioned, if you're the chief executive officer in your company, the buck stops with you. So it is your job. And while I was frustrated with that for a moment, it really is my job. And I mean, I don't regret and I don't think she's not the right person. She's absolutely the right person. But, you know, she was a little bit rushed. I didn't get the full report um, because I did ask her to rush it for us. Um, and, and normally she has an extra week to do it. But um, you have to take ownership of it and you need to set the expectations with your bookkeeper or accountant. And just when they send you the, the financials, why don't you just automatically send them an email back saying, hey, what would you recommend I do to decrease expenses? Hey, do you have any ideas um, in terms of our AR? Because they can also help you pull additional reports that give you some more line item detail or more of an overview of what your AR is looking like and such. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, really, the bottom line is don't be afraid to ask. Um, accountants and bookkeepers are typically pretty behind the scenes. Uh, even the most advisory of us are behind the scenes. And there are times that we hesitate to just offer up the information um, and say, hey, this is something that you really need to be paying attention to because we don't know how it's going to be received. You know, we don't want to take on that role of running the business for our clients. So definitely don't hesitate to ask for more detail. Um, there's always more information that we can pull out for you. Um, and also, if you just need more from us, raise your hand and say, hey, I need more. And this is the kind of guidance that I'm looking for. Uh, I love the first five or 10 minutes of a conversation that I have with a bookkeeping client because that will usually steer me in a completely different direction than what I had been planning to take the call in. Because there's something that's going on in that business owner's mind that isn't even on my radar. But when they put it on my radar, then I can dig in a little bit deeper into the financials and say, okay, well, let's do some what-if scenarios, or let's look and see what's happened historically here. Let's make sure that the problem that you're trying to solve is really the problem that you have and not just the symptom of something else that's masking. Oh my gosh, like you just dropped these brilliant nuggets. Um, but that's a great way to, to say it. You need to put it on your bookkeeper's radar. They don't know what's in your mind. So you got to get it out of your mind and, and really share and open up to your bookkeeper. And, you know, I mean, they already, they, they already kind of know what you look like naked. They see your financials just you know, be comfortable with that and, and have that dialogue with them because they want to help you, but you have to initiate it as the business owner. They can't do it without you initiating the request and putting it out on the table and letting them know. Um, you know, I was talking to Candy Baker the other day, who is a, another Profit First professional bookkeeper who is also mastery certified. And we were talking about like her ideal client and such. And she was saying that her ideal client is someone who can be honest with her because she's like, I don't care. She's like, I'm sure there's problems. I'm sure there's issues. But if you're not honest with me, then I can't help you fix them. And so it is really, really important that you are as honest and authentic as you should be. <laughs> with your bookkeeper or accountant because you need to let them know what's going on. You need to share with them because they, if they know, then they can help you and they can help you fix things. 
And don't be afraid to get into dialogue and really share and and work with your bookkeepers or uh, accountants on a advisory or consultative basis of above and beyond just the compliance. So I do want to note, it was a little bit awkward there when I was talking about our reports, because I, I don't want to seem like um, our controller is not the most amazing person that we are so lucky to have. She rushed closing our prior month because we are closing on a house and um, the bank just wanted the most recent financials. So she was doing it, honestly, about 10 days ahead of when she normally does it. So she was really just giving it to me and I looked at it, but I forced her out of our normal timing sequence and protocol. So love you, Nada. Okay, um, let's talk about what you often see as a bookkeeper when it comes to people wanting and starting to implement profit first. What do you think is their biggest hang up that they need to get over when implementing profit first? The first one really is just opening those bank accounts. It's so interesting to me how many business owners say, you want me to go to the bank and ask them to open how many different bank accounts? They're never going to do that. And look, I can't speak for every single bank that is out there, but I used to work in banking and large businesses, medium to large size businesses have multiple accounts set up for different purposes and they're not necessarily doing profit first. So to think, oh my gosh, my bank manager is going to look at me cross-eyed when I go in to open all these accounts. They might ask questions about why you're doing it, but it's really not out of the ordinary for a business to have multiple accounts for different reasons. Um, And you're probably going to make the new accounts manager really, really happy because some banks will pay a bonus based on the number of new accounts opened in a month. So if the just opening the bank accounts is uh, your stumbling point because you're afraid that the bank's going to look at you funny, try to get that out of the way right away. Can't do much about the banks that have you jump jump through all the hoops to open the accounts. That can take some time, but they really don't think twice about you opening multiple bank accounts as a business owner. You mentioned those expenses that kind of start creeping in and adding up and obviously taking away from your profitability because Profit First Nation, you know, there are only two ways to improve your profitability. And that is to number one, increase margin and number two, decrease expenses. So when expenses start creeping up, that is going to adversely impact your profitability. So Billian, what do you recommend in terms of business owners looking at the line item detail of their expenses, how frequently, so that maybe they're catching those subscriptions that they signed up for that were free for 30 days, and now they're starting to charge, and they they were just testing it out, but now they're not using it. And their bookkeeper might not know exactly what the functionality or why they signed up for their softwares. What would your suggestions be around tracking those kind of expenses that seem to creep in and just start automatically charging? So um, there's no such thing as an insignificant expense. And I've heard that a number of times of, okay, well, if I just move things 1% or if I just trim $50 a month off my expenses or whatever it is, that's not going to make that big of a difference. But over time, it makes a huge difference. 
So the tendency of most business owners is to go to the line item on their profit and loss. That's the largest uh, amount or the largest percentage of total revenue if they've got that broken down that way on their P&L and focus there. I would say you need to go line item by line item on your P&L and drill into those and just look at the transactions. Those $5 transactions add up. So, you know, it, it might take you a couple of minutes to go in and deactivate that subscription. But if you do that quarterly at the very minimum, go through and just deactivate things that you don't need anymore and stop paying for them. It can be a thousand dollars, several thousand dollars actually over the course of a year, just you know, little five, $10 transactions at a time. And that's so important. And start those habits now, because ideally, you're going to grow and scale your business. So if you get into this good habit now of doing this quarterly, then as you grow your business, and those numbers kind of get bigger, and you've got more subscriptions or more users tied to those subscriptions and such, having that habit now will definitely pay off. It's that snowball effect. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And and the same kind of goes with pricing. Um, a lot of business owners are hesitant to raise their prices because they say, oh my gosh, I'm going to, you know, lose all my clients if I do that. It doesn't have to be significant. If you raise your prices 5% across the board, that's nothing to your customer, but it can have a huge impact on your bottom line. That's a great point. And also too, in pricing, you definitely want to stay consistent. And we've talked about this on recent episodes. Uh, you want to stay consistent and you want to, you know, continually be looking at where your competitors are charging and, and charging really at the top or, or above your competitors. Because I know you, Profit First Nation, entrepreneurial peeps, you guys are giving it and serving your clients like no other and way better than your competitors. And you should be charging a premium for that. So as Billy Ann mentioned, keep up with those across the board price increases and such. But the other thing that you can do is you can have a different pricing structure for new clients. So your new clients maybe are paying 20% what your legacy clients are paying more, and then you just start training them, but you, you bring them in at a higher level. I mean, that is so common for businesses as they scale and grow that new members or new people, um, new customers are paying a higher rate than the legacy customers. Do you have any more tips when it comes to expenses? Keep an eye on those, you know, make sure that you're getting every little bit that you can get out of an expense before you incur a new one, especially when we're looking at your tools, your softwares and things like that. Um, software changes all the time. So if you're using software in your business, you might be using two tools that do similar things and you might not even know that one of your older tools now has something that a newer tool, uh, you acquired a newer tool to do. So yeah, just keep an eye on those. Do an expense audit at least once a quarter. Make sure that everything is falling into alignment and that you're really just getting every bit of value that you can out of every expense without cutting an expense that is actually helping to make you profitable. So there are some expenses that actually do drive your profitability, uh, maybe not directly, but in terms of efficiency. So we call it cutting the fat without cutting the muscle. You don't wanna cut the muscle. So just don't just wholesale go in there with a hatchet and start cutting expenses. Make sure that you're cutting the expenses wisely and not doing something that's going to be detrimental to your business in the long term. 
you know, and, and, and one expense is, is inventory. And uh, I know that you have worked with several clients um, on some maybe overspending on inventory. <laughs> that's common. The whole, you have to spend money to make money. Um, and that's especially true with inventory. I can't sell it if I don't buy it. There are different ways to move your inventory and increase your sales. And you see it all the time in big box stores. You know how you'll go into the store and you go to the place that something's always been and they've moved it? Well, they've moved it to either put something else in its place because they've said, oh, this is a high traffic area and we have this thing that we need to move, so let's put it here. Or you know, they, they've moved it somewhere else because no one else is buying it and now they want more people to see it. So yeah, I mean, definitely you have to keep your inventory costs under control. There also comes a time when you have to cut bait and just let the inventory go because there is an expense to carrying inventory over a period of time. When I worked in retail, we called it having a birthday. We didn't want any item in the store to have a birthday. So we would take our uh, uh, inventory once a year and something that had been on the shelf for too long got discounted, sometimes below cost. And yes, that hurt. But at that point, it was more important to get the cash through the door than it was to make a profit on that particular item because it was just taking up space. So take a look at your store if you have a retail space or something where you have inventory or even your website and say, how can I better merchandise this? How can I present this better so it sells, sells faster, sells better, increase my inventory turn, just get it out the door. Sometimes the answer is to run a sale. A lot of times, though, you can just move it and you can still sell it at full price or almost full price. Because cash is the lifeblood of a business and cash is way more valuable than inventory in some cases. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with a business owner yesterday, oddly enough, where um, it's a husband wife team and the wife was thrilled that she had had a couple of days that were you know, a couple of thousand dollars in sales. And the husband was just looking at the profit margin and saying, oh my gosh, but we sold this stuff below cost. And I asked, well, how old is that inventory? Oh, well over a year old. Okay, then it's time to get it out of your store. Right now you need the cash coming in. You've already paid for this inventory. It wasn't moving. Yeah, discount it and sell it and get the cash into the business for it. Again, that's not a strategy that you want to use all the time. You want to avoid having a sale every week or a sale every month because then you start training your customers to wait for the sale and then you, um, you create a whole other problem for yourself with margin. But, you know, a year, once a year, a couple times a year, just have a sale and get that stuff out. Um, it's really important. Also, use scarcity with your inventory. You know, you, you don't like to be out of things, but if your customers start knowing, if I want this, I'd better buy it now, you're going to sell more at full cost than you will if you just overstock yourself on it and then the customer waits for it to go on sale. Brilliant. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, knowledge, and experience with us, Billy Ann. We will have a special resource available uh, associated with this episode, and you know where to get that at ProfitFirstNation.com under resources. And remember that there are bookkeepers, accountants, and coaches in this world with the heart of a teacher trained by Billy Ann, ready to serve you and your businesses with their certified Profit First knowledge, skills, and experience. Just visit ProfitFirstNation.com and click on connect 
to connect with one of my fellow certified Profit First professional peeps. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friend. All right, it's that time. It's time to rate and review. And maybe it's not that exciting. It is for me though. Would you please do me a major favor and rate and review the show? Whatever feels appropriate, hop on your podcatcher right now. You can probably do it on your device. You can do it on PC for sure. It'd be a big deal. Thank you. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.